0: to the Coaches Rising podcast. I hope this finds you well. In this podcast, we're exploring all things related to deep transformation, deep coaching, transformational coaching. So today, I'm going to be talking with Dominic Lieber about this practice of diamond inquiry. Uh, Dominic is a teacher within the Ridwan School, and inquiry is one of the core practices that they use to facilitate deep transformation and in my own life it's been a very powerful practice even though I don't practice formally in their school and I think it's very relevant for coaches because it's as a practice has the tendency to facilitate depth and deep transformation and I think that it's a mode of being with ourselves and our clients that perhaps we're not, we're not used to, we're not skilled in this way. So we're going to talk today about what is this practice of Diamond Inquiry? How can we facilitate it? Why do it? And where does it lead to? Uh, does, as I said, Dominic is a teacher in the, in the Ridwan School. He is South African originally, and I think he lives in London now. And he's written this book, Diving in the Inner Ocean. So, oh yeah, and then we actually do an inquiry practice at the end of our conversation today. I think that begins to demonstrate what's possible with this practice uh, rather than just talking about it. So you can actually um, scroll to the end to hear us in a kind of short five to ten minute inquiry session together where he facilitates me. So, as usual, if you are not signed up to our mailing list and you're listening to this and you feel like you want to stay in the loop about the things that we create that aren't this podcast, you can head to coachesrising.com and find the sign-up box there on the homepage. And I'd be very grateful if you would share this podcast or leave a review in iTunes or other places. So, let's dive in without further ado. Here's the podcast with Dominic Lieber. Tom, It's great to be with you. Um, I'm really excited to talk about um, your work and the book you just brought out today. But first of all, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, great. Thanks, Joel. Really doing very well. Very happy to be here having this conversation about this, uh, this book and this wonderful practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's We're going to talk a lot about this practice of inquiry today. And I was just sharing with you um, how precious a practice I find that and how I think essential I think it is for the times we find ourselves in I'm sure we'll get into that today Um, maybe you could just share a little bit about why you decided to write this book and inside of that like you know kind of what you do I know you're a teacher in the school the One school so that'd be a good place to start.
1: Yeah that sounds good so I wrote the book really uh, to share the practice of inquiry, so I love this practice so much and I just see how incredibly like relevant it is um, for so many people and. At the same time, it's, uh, it's quite a deep and subtle practice and there are, you know, there are a couple of, there are some books that have been written on it, A.H. Almas has written some wonderful books, like really definitive books on inquiry, but for many people they're not accessible, they're not easy, they're not an easy place to start. So what I started to notice as I was teaching, like working with newer students, and especially even more with people who had not heard about the Diamond Approach or heard about inquiry, that they really needed a lot of guidance and orientation into how to practice, and there wasn't an easy place to say, well, this is how you do it. So the kind of the initial idea of like, uh, you know, just a beginner's guide to inquiry that starts from even the most basic things, like, can you do it by yourself? Can you do it with another person? Uh, Do you do it in writing? Can you talk out loud from those kind of really sort of practical logistical questions to then getting into how actually do you engage the practice? What are the kind of things that you're doing as you're inquiring? And to sort of unpack that and address some of the misunderstandings that I saw people had as I began working with them. It's It's a funny anecdote, but the one time I was working with a student, it had been about a year, and she'd been coming regularly. And at some point she said to me, you know, I've been coming for a year, really interesting things happen in these sessions right, really deep and wonderful things. But the truth is, I still have no idea of what we're actually doing. <laughs> right? And that really made clear to me how it wasn't enough for me to just sit and ask. What I actually had to help her understand was really what we were doing so that she could learn how to do it herself. I mean, ultimately, inquiry is a practice that it's really useful to learn how to do yourself. It's your inquiry, your exploration, your inner world. So you gonna you want to learn how to get to know it and how to explore it to find out what's true for you.
0: Mm. How did you explain to her what we we're doing in this practice?
1: I think, honestly, that kick-started a process that went on for some years, actually, of really looking into... Exactly what it is that we do and what it is, and um, and this book is really the the outcome of that. So there were many steps along the way. There was an interesting little uh, anecdote that I re- relate at the beginning of the book. That um, I mean, I'd been trying for years different ways of to explain what it is we do, and the one year I was on holiday uh, on the beach in Ibiza chatting to a friend and he had just discovered scuba diving. And he was so passionate about it. He was talking about how wondrous it is and you're immersed in this world and the whole kind of magic of the whole thing. And I was sitting listening to him and I thought, huh, he's just talking about what inquiry is for me. (laughs) And that was really where the metaphor came from. So the whole sense of inquiry as diving in your inner ocean, right as being an explorer there are many things about the metaphor that really say something about the practice right so the first is that you're getting in touch with a whole inner world a world that is inside you that is the world of your consciousness your thoughts your feelings your sensations your ideas your beliefs your urges and drives and impulses and relationships that you have to everything in your life, like everything that you experience, right? That's your inner ocean, that's your inner world. And to inquire into it is really like lowering yourself down into that world so that you can explore it and see what's happening. So there are many practices that recognize the importance of the inner world right ways that people are beginning to recognize it's not just everything that's going on out there i have to look at what's going on in here too some of them are more like reflecting on it talking about it trying to make connections with it you know you're kind of looking at it in a certain way from a distance and and talking about it and the thing with inquiry, like one of the defining features of inquiry is that you are really lowering yourself down into it and exploring it live right there as it's happening, right? So you don't know what you're finding. You, you just look in and it's exactly like looking at a coral reef. What can you do? You can't tell it to be one thing or the other. You lower yourself down in and you look, you see, oh, what's here, what's it doing? And it takes its own time to kind of reveal its secrets and you know the the what's there and what's going on and Mm. so inquiry is exactly like that right it's like lowering yourself into there like you have a feeling you can wonder like oh what is this feeling what's that like how do i experience it what's and what's it about there are all kinds of things you can explore about it um but it has that immediacy, that live, direct. It's like that thrilling adventure of following and exploring something where it's live and it has its own presence and you don't know what it's going to reveal or where it's going to take
0: you. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to kind of give us a sense of it. And I like the way you talk about like lowering yourself into your inner world because maybe we could talk a little bit more about how it's different from something like um, just reflecting on your experience, because I, you know, I've had some experience of inquiry and I, I found it to be magical, you know, like I think that diving metaphor is very apt because there's a whole feel to it, you know, like it has this feel and, and revelatory feel, which I think is um, very important part of the practice, isn't it? So yeah. How, how would you contrast it even more to something like, um, you know, an analytical reflection of, who I am or something right exactly so
1: so the analytical reflection is kind of more like you're sitting on the beach and you're talking about what is under the water and what showed up you know oh these shells washed up and there seems to be like something over there and you're talking about it from a distance or you might be getting onto a boat And going out over the way and you know you're kind of pointing down that happened yesterday, and that was that and right and you're sort of thinking about things and maybe you have theories about them from there. So that's one thing to actually enter into your inner world to really get in touch with it, you have to well, you have to get in touch. Right, You have to be in touch with the immediacy of the experience. And in the book, I actually give several practices. Inquiry is the main thing, but there are various supporting practices that we use as well. So to get in touch with the immediacy of your experience, we focus really, well, part of it is on sensing. Right? So actually sensing, sensing the sensations of your body. Because those are right here. Right, That's happening right now sense your feet sense your legs sense your butt on the chair you know you can sense your hands and your arms and your shoulders and there's a whole field of experience of different sensations that are happening there in the middle of your body right in the pelvis and belly and chest and head so contacting the sensations of your experience that's one part of it. And not in the kind of a, okay, I'm going to win my way around my body and just see what's there. And then I know the intention of it is to get in touch with the immediacy of those of those sensations. And as much as you can to stay with it, right? It's happening all the time. So you want to be staying with it and sensing as much as you can. And then as we deepen it, we get more in touch with all of our experience, because we're not only interested in just one piece, we want to be in touch with everything. So what does it mean to get in touch with everything? It means your sensations, it also means your feelings. Right? What kind of feelings are present? So the beginning of the inquiry often is a process that we can sometimes call checking in, and there's a chapter in the book specifically that goes through all the nuances of checking in. And You're getting in touch with the immediacy of what's present, your sensations, your feelings. What kind of feelings are here, right? What are you feeling in this very moment? What sort of feelings have been around the last little while? So you're seeing what's there. And you can check in with your mind as well, right? How is your mind? Not not like ideas about your mind, but what's actually happening there, right? Does your mind feel clear or thick and heavy and dull? Mm, What is on your mind? What sort of thoughts are occupying your mind? Is there some sort of busy dialogue going on there? Or are you thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow? So you can actually see what's happening in your mind as it's happening. And as much as you get in touch with the sensations and the feelings and the thoughts and ideas and your very awareness itself. There are, of course, also your circumstances going on, right? What's going on in your life? Because all of that is also affecting everything that's going on in you. So the entering into the inner ocean, like getting in touch means starting at the surface, start with what's up in your life, what's happening. And then you begin to get more in touch with those different layers, with the, the, the mind and the feelings and the sensations that are present to actually see what is here while you are in those circumstances.
0: Hmm. I, um, I'd like to talk more about that kind of, um, I get the sense of depth, you know, as you talk, we start on the surface. so. But actually, first, I'd like to ask you about the... Mm, then because I think this is so relevant for coaches this kind of practice um you know this idea of like revelation too and and some of the um why that's transformational you know like why in a way in a sense why we do this practice because I believe um and I think this is also permeating the coaching world too but it's like dropping this sense of a change agenda uh you know that we have a specific outcome in mind and actually we're we're just um, you know, in this kind of sense of curiosity and wonder. And, and like, as we do that, our experience reveals these deeper layers. So I guess I'm wondering if you could like, speak about the dynamics at play in this that make it a transformational practice.
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful question. So there are a couple of pieces that I want to touch on to what you say. So the first is exactly that we approach the experience just with a kind of friendly curiosity right which is quite a that's quite an unusual kind of thing and I think often especially in the coaching world like people have more agendas like I want this to happen or want to get rid of this or change that or you know all those kind of agendas so it can be quite startling to consider okay well what if instead of doing that for now doesn't mean you don't do that of course you're going to do something but for the purposes of the practice let me just get really interested in this. Like, what is this about? What's making this happen? And it could be a behavior, it could be an external thing like that, all the way through to a feeling that you're having, or a sensation in your body. Like, what if you just get friendly and interested in it? And the reason that's so powerful has to do with what you were saying of starting at the surface. So what you see first is just the first glance. That's like, the, the little fish jumping out the water, right? And as you stay with it and you you check in, you find where you are, and then you begin to question it. So to inquire means to become aware of what's there in your inner world, but then it's not just like you, you see it and oh, that's there and that's there and that's there and that's the end of the story, right? No, so you see there's something there and then you get really curious about it. You want to find out about it. What is it? What's actually going on there? And as you find out more about what it is, at some point you might get curious of, Well, like, what's it? Why, how come that's happening? What is it that is making that happen inside me? Right? And these questions are not, they're not like um, questions to come up with an answer. Right, they're the same kind of questions as if you see a little fish and you think, oh, I wonder where it goes. And all you can do is you stay with it and then you follow it where it takes you. Right, so it's the same thing. You have a feeling, maybe something happened at work and you feel upset, right? So you can allow that feeling of upset and you be curious about it. Like, oh, I feel upset. Well, what kind of upset, right? So first you wanna find out what it is. Is it like angry, upset, or sad, upset, or frightened, upset? You know, there's all kinds of uh, uh, discriminations that you can make to get more and more clear about what it actually is. And then as you find out what it is, you might wonder, how come? Well, I feel angry. Well, like, what's making me angry? So the point is that every experience has its intelligence, it's not random. It's happening for some reason that's going on in your inner world, interacting with your life. And in a way, rather than trying to change it or skip over it or make something happen to it or get rid of it or push it away, which are all ways of sort of leaving it fundamentally unchanged, what you want to do is you want to go into it, like all the way into it to find out what it's about, right? And as you do that, as you approach it with that kind of interested, contemplating, curious, hanging out, the experience begins to reveal more. That's just how our consciousness works. That's how our psyche works. And then you can follow that, right? And and discover more and more about, oh, I feel upset and actually I felt kind of hurt. And I felt hurt because I thought they didn't see what I was doing and how much effort I was putting in ah so actually i feel kind of unseen right so you get more precise about what it is that's going on and how come right and that diving can take you then like every time you get to some understanding like that right so you are asking about the dynamics right sorry Mm -hmm. if this is a long answer but then the dynamics mean like as soon as you recognize that oh i'm feeling unseen then that if you allow that to land, this is the other, the next part of the process, you allow that to land, that has an effect on you. You're like, ah, oh, I feel unseen, oh, wow. Like you might respond, again, you don't decide how you respond, you might respond with some sort of kindness. You feel, oh, wow, yeah, that's that's painful. I Kind of feel tender for myself that I experienced this difficult feeling of being unseen and that might help you then be with that situation and relax into it and then the feeling of having to do something about it might relax a bit and you begin to find okay i can i can allow this i can be with this and then i can find out what i want to do next right? mm-hmm. so it gives you more freedom so the basic dynamics of the process are seeing where you are finding out what it is and what's making it happen from the immediacy of the experience and then you are affected by that both you and the experience are changed by your discovery and you just keep doing that right it just kind of keeps happening that mm-hmm. flow
0: well, i guess the next question will be uh why keep doing that um because um you know i know uh, almas writes about essential qualities in his book uh it is books should i say (laughs) there's been many books out there but um yeah that um perhaps you could speak a little bit about the the kind of um cosmology or the i'm imagining that as we do that more we begin to metabolize our kind of conditioning in certain ways uh, and to access new new places within ourselves so yeah exactly
1: so how does that happen And to be honest, I don't go too much into this in the book. Mm, I I give some examples that show what can happen. But what I wanted to do in this, dare I say this first book, (laughs) what I wanted to do in this first book was really to focus just on the dynamics of the practice. Like this is what you do, this is how you engage it. And as you engage it, it doesn't matter what the experience is, it can be a, and positive experience, a negative experience, a spiritual experience, a ordinary, it doesn't matter, it's totally agnostic to the content. It's just about how to explore. But the question you ask really is, well, you know, so why would you do that? What's so great about doing that? Right? And I, I do talk a little about this. So what we see is that all the things that happen on the surface right are connected meaningfully to what's going on inside us right so for example every emotional reaction you have anger fear frustration boredom sadness the whole works right anything right there's usually connected it is connected with something also going on inside you and when you actually explore that when you stay with that reaction explore it, you find your way, you start discovering all sorts of things. One of the things you discover, you start discovering young parts of yourself, right? You find that lurking in there are these these memories, right? These feelings of being like a little kid that, say, wasn't seen or wasn't supported or wasn't loved. And it turns out that all these surface kind of personality patterns what we just think of as normal personality patterns if you think about it neurologically they kind of they're the most recent things that develop and they all sit on top of our deep conditioning right the things that really through which our personality developed and those that history that whole development pattern you know that has the whole experience of being little right, that shapes and patterns all the ways that what's real in us can come forward. So our strength, our kindness, our love, our passion, our determination, our uh, intelligence, our openness, our curiosity, these are all wonderful human capacities, right, and everybody wants to be living these things, you know, in their lives as much as they can value and meaningfulness and you know how many coaching courses are oriented towards finding different parts of those your passion or your meaningful work or your gift to the world or everybody wants these things right but you have to in a certain way as you begin to recognize as you feel them within yourself what's making you go after that and at some point you begin to get to these young places and you begin to see that a lot of the personality patterns are coming out of reactions to feeling the loss of many of those things, like right? To feeling like you don't actually have the strength. I mean, what makes you have to wake up every morning and repeat your affirmation, I'm strong, right? You do that because somewhere in there, you don't feel strong, you actually feel weak. In inquiry, what we want to do is we just want to go there. Like, okay, so if I feel weak, let me find out about that. Let me find out about that feeling of weakness and go all the way into it, not try and change it, not try and fix it, go all the way into it and find out what it is. And what we see time and again is that as you do that, it takes you from the surface, from the way it's showing up in your life, into your normal sort of feelings and thoughts and sensations, and then deeper into your conditioning and deeper into those crevasses and chasms in the seabed where it feels like something is lost and missing. And it turns out that if you just carry on exploring through those, you find your way back to the very thing that you were looking for. Only this time, it's not caught up. It's not entangled with the history of being a little kid. Because that's really what happened. The history of that young part is what obscures and hides what is basically an inherent natural capacity so if it's inherent we don't have to try and make it right the 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 ultimate way to resolve it is just to find out what's in the way what's the thing that's stopping it and as we penetrate and understand that the thing just begins to arise naturally
0: yeah that's been my experience of like connecting to a quality like strength for example where um it's not a compensation suddenly it's like i am strength like i'm and i'm speaking as strength you know i'm i'm my knowing and my action arises out of that strength rather than you know um a sort of uh you know compensation that was there previously trying to be strong in order to to be enough or something and um it's like a very different mode of um uh, moving from and acting from in the world you know like there's a sense of um intelligence to it or um power even that was not in that compensatory conditioning so yeah i just wanted to highlight that because i think you know these essential quality or these these qualities you're talking about are um imagine in some sense what we've been looking for all along you know we just Absolutely. didn't know how to find
1: i mean i'm really good I'm very it makes me very happy to hear you have that experience and you've recognized that right? so it's really and the big thing about that discovery and i talk about this right in the last chapter in the book because it's sort of really build up to it but at some point we come to the recognition what shifts what begins to shift is our recognition of what we actually are right and at the beginning for most people you know where we have ideas about what we are we think we're that kind of person or that kind of person but we're not in touch with the very immediate felt i want to say present like hereness the presence we call the presence of what we are People talk about presence. They have some idea of presence. Like you recognize when someone has a lot of presence, right? And you can feel it, you sense it. It's partly why the sensing is so important. The more we get in touch with the immediacy of what we're sensing, at some point we begin to reckon the present, we recognize the presence. And it really helps to have some like relatable examples here because I think people, you know they can sometimes read for example some of the diamond approach books and they think oh it just sounds like weird or esoteric or i don't know what that's about but you can just take some very ordinary language some very ordinary things we talk about in the english language so for example if somebody is happy right if they're happy what do we often say we might say they're light-hearted right we say they're light-hearted and if they're down and depressed, we might say they're heavy hearted. So, did you ever wonder, like, how come? Why do we say that? What's that about? It's like a nice metaphor, a nice turn of phrase. It turns out that if you really sense your chest area, right, if you actually pay attention to the sensations there, to your experience of your chest, when you're feeling like really happy or carefree or joyful or something like that, you might actually notice that you can sense something there, that it actually feels light. There can be a feeling of lightness, a feeling of something bubbling up, right? It can feel like it has a certain brightness. These are actually sensations that if you learn to pay attention to them, they're they're really there to be felt. It's not just a metaphor. In a similar way, if somebody like if you're really prepared for something if you're feeling really on your game right you feel solid and grounded and rooted and like nothing's going to knock you off course. And if somebody is like not ready, we might say they're on shaky ground right that's these are common ways we speak well again if you really sense your body and you sense your like your lower half of your body like when you are really feeling solid you might notice that that solidity is actually something you can sense that's like you can sense it in your body your body just feels solid. now it doesn't mean your legs are actually any more solid right we're not talking about something anatomical going on in your body but it is something that happens in the experience of your body in the way you experience it right so you can feel that solidity and you can sense it and sense the very substance of that solidity so what you're doing then is you, and then you, when you really sense that you recognize, oh no, at some point you recognize that's just what I am. I am this kind of solid solid and grounded and I don't need anybody else to give that to me. It's just here is what I am, right? So this is the kind of radical transformation that we go from where we start is we usually have a whole lot of conditions that we need to be satisfied out there in order to feel solid, or in order to feel light-hearted, to use those examples, but when you discover eventually that that light-heartedness and that solidity is just part of your nature, is part of what you are, then that can express itself in your life in a whole different way.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a really rich tour, uh, which I think creates um, you know real relevancy for this practice of inquiry and. Um, I, I'd li- I think it's interesting to talk about um, how uh, c- you know this audience is primarily coaches and I said that I think this is really relevant practice for coaches and I think also collectively for us in our times when we are perhaps reaching some of the limits of our enlightenment era rational analytical ways of making sense of the world which have brought a lot of great things but um maybe uh we're needing a bit more than that you know right now so um but first let's come back to coaches so um how would you think coaches could bring this kind of practice into their work and i I just want to reference your book because i really liked where you wrote about um active being the active witness in your book um, because I think there are some really nice pointers to the ways that coaches can be with their clients that could invite this kind of revelation to take place, which, you know, I think is you just feel the life come in when that revelation is starting to happen. You know, it's like, it, it just feels good too. I mean, sometimes you're, you're obviously working with difficult emotions and um, you know, things that are challenging, but there's something about the truth of it that's uh, very Nourishing. So yeah, how how would you invite coaches to bring this kind of way of being into their work? Yeah, so it's really wonderful. Such a great question. So
1: coaching, I mean, coaching is a, I mean, well, firstly, coaching is a broad church, right? So there's a lot of different types of coaching. So I want to acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge that sometimes, you know, people are looking for Practical ways to deal with situations right, and that coaching can be about helping people find those practical solutions and implement them and and that is that 's a totally valid thing right that 's wonderful that 's amazing and inquiry may or may not be relevant to that right so I think there's there are always good questions to look at. Um, in terms of what is a person coming to you for right if they're coming to you for a very defined thing then you know in a certain way they're going to want to do whatever's going to help them work on that thing and that may be some kind of practical type type things they may not be really there for deep transformational work so i always think that's a good thing to to get clear about inquiry and that said I think inquiry is an amazing complement to coaching if somebody is interested in it. Because in a sense in coaching, in some ways, you're kind of working with the actions and the things that people are doing, as far as I understand it, and I'm not a coach, right? Sort of more at the surface. And you're looking for particular kinds of outcomes that could be happening, you know, that will be expressing themselves in their lives and to optimize certain things. Inquiry is going to kind of take you in any situation anything that you're working with and it's like an invitation to explore deeper into it to find out what is it that's making that happen within the person right why why, what's making that happen and potentially to get all the way to the very deep roots of that now that doesn't have a time frame you don't know how long it's going to take you have no idea What you're going to find along the way (laughs) and you can't really set a goal with it because it's all very well to say well I'm going to inquire into my strength but inquiring into your strength is not going to instantly give you strength right it just doesn't work like that it may be that before you can come to your strength you need to work out something to do with love right for example Mm don't know there may be a whole chunk of difficult history in there that needs to surface and be worked through and as it's worked through and opened up over a you know a period of time, then the strength may begin to to manifest naturally so inquiry doesn't have a it's you can't really have an agenda with it right it right. just doesn't work but in your coaching as you are working on something like working towards you know, I don't know, some goal or some particular thing that you're working with, it can still be amazingly helpful to just start bringing that little more clarity, that little more curiosity to, okay, what is it that's coming up in the person as they're engaging with this or as they think about that change or whatever it is, and to see what kinds of thoughts and feelings, sensations are present. And the more you can for a period kind of park the goal direction because that's, that, that's where the two disciplines can get confused. And actually they don't contradict. It's, it's, you can have a goal in terms of what you wanna achieve out there, you can totally have that. And you can be totally interested in what's coming up in you as you are going about that uh, without trying to fix it or change it, but just to find out the truth of it. So you really can put the two together in a way that becomes very powerful. And if you're doing that with the inquiry, you have more chance of clarifying these things that are in the way, right? And I do need to say that sometimes that will mean they seem to get worse, right? Like (laughs) sometimes, you know, you go diving and you're looking at a little coral reef and you see there's like a little something with a little bump there. And you think, oh, it's just this little bump. I need to work out this little bump. And then you prod it and it turns out that it's actually like the lip of some giant, huge, big sea creature lurking sort of down in a cave and just a little piece was sticking out. So sometimes inquiry can be like that. You know, you're you're diving in and you're exploring and it looks like a little thing, but it turns out to be something very big and deep and fundamental for you that, you're going to have to explore and work with in order to really sort of work it through. And it's one of the reasons that I think it's wonderful if coaches bring a certain amount of this into their work. But you also got to know that when you begin diving into that inner ocean, the inner ocean contains everything, really, really everything. And in time, inquiry will take you everywhere. That ultimately is the real liberation. Right, it will take you to the heavens and the hells, the heights and the depths, the terrible places, the raging sharks, you know, and the beautiful, miraculous, wonderful places. And in time, the whole inner world can come into living in a, a sort of a, a living equilibrium that's expressing itself in your life. That's the potential. But yeah, a, that's a very long, open ended journey of discovery.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah yeah and um but this sense of yeah we can actually as coaches uh, bring some more of that quality of inquiry to our clients by the way that we are with our clients and um you know like so so one of the things i hear you saying is if we're not trying to have a change agenda with our clients you know um i, I see this becoming more and more of a thing in the field of coaching you know um, that, yeah, we're actually giving ourselves permission to sense with our clients together and yeah. to see what is revealed as we relate around a particular topic. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hearing that, that that would be one of the things we would give ourselves permission to do, to hold space in that way, that we could be in that curious inquiry, sensing, but not just um, mentally thinking sensing but with that whole spectrum of our being that you described there yeah exactly so just
1: bringing the just bringing the kind of friendly interest the friendly curiosity to just find out like something's going on there in this person and if you're just interested in it whatever it is to see what it is and what's making it happen and as you say to be feeling sensing on all of those levels So I guess one of the most powerful things coaches can do then really, is to be themselves more in touch, to be Mm -hmm. in touch with your, the more you're in touch with your sensations and your feelings, and your mind and thoughts for yourself, for your own benefit. And as you're sitting with someone else, right, the more information you will get, that's really how you feel and sense and Um, notice what's what's going on so yeah your own practice always indeed with inquiry with the diamond approach the Mm. you know the first thing is your own practice
0: what's that like for you because i know you're you're a teacher and you work with people what's it like when you're with somebody um you know yeah i guess like on a phenomenological level it's like are you sensing them you're sensing what's emerging
1: Uh uh-huh yeah so working with a teacher is really is like going diving with working as a teacher like going diving with someone and there it's their exploration they're in a world where kind of exploring but you have kind of the scent the 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 feeling of what's going on in there with them and the understanding and the perspective that they might not yet have right like about Mm -hmm. for example essential qualities people don't know even know to look for it. Right. So, sitting with somebody, the whole inquiry is very much just an action of presence, like you're just present, you're there. And the presence is responding to the immediacy of what's arising. And, And that's actually how the practice is for you yourself as well. Like I say in the book, there's no formula to inquiry, there's no fixed way of doing it. What it is is your living curiosity, your living friendly interest, in touch, encountering whatever it is that you're experiencing. And then the actual inquiry just flows out of there, right? It is coming from your own curiosity and, and your own recognition of what's going on and what you know and what you don't know. So sitting with someone, inquiring with someone is can sometimes be like that i mean it can be many other things as well
0: so, mm. yeah. what do you think about the times we find ourselves in and the relevancy for a practice like inquiry in our times um you know i i see like communities of practitioners like for example i mentioned often on our podcast like in in a practice like circling this you know um it's like a relational meditation where people are exploring what's it like to be in the immediacy of the connection so i see like it's you know it has some some um similarities with the kind of yeah. the philosophy or the principles of inquiry so it seems to be you know people are thirsty for this well, i'm curious for you what what do you think about the relevance of this practice in our times
1: I mean, I think so on two levels, like there's this huge interest in just inner practice, right? So mindfulness, like mindfulness is huge. Coaching is huge. People are looking to get in touch with their inner worlds and and they're recognizing that that has relevance to their lives, right? So that's that's the first starting point is just, there's this massive rising tide of interest in, in this. And, people have a there's a need, a thirst, a, a searching for something. I mean, I think inquiry has, this, I mean, this is why I, I wrote the book is it just has such enormous relevance to all of that, because the power of inquiry is it's sort of transformational power and its relevance. It deals with any area in your life, right? So it's not like you can only use it at work or you can only use it for good experiences or bad experiences or problems inquiry is for everything Any, anything you can inquire into to discover more of what's going on there so that's that's one thing
0: pause <laughs> yeah well actually um, oh yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead well i it, If you remember what you wanted to say, uh, just just butt in, but um, it makes me think about the doing inquiry in groups, you know, like a kind of tapping into a collective intelligence around a topic, you know, um, Uh together. Uh, Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So it kind of takes me back to, so the thing about, so firstly, it's an expression of curiosity, which actually is just a natural human capacity. Right, so it's a a way of just getting in touch, but it's just an exploring but exploring our inner world right so just exploring ourselves. And at some point people recognize that's interesting and and their curiosity comes in and curiosity in any field is not it's always uh, just an open exploration right, so I think that's another way that it's that it's very relevant. The kind of deep transformation that it can bring about is. I think honestly unlike anything else it's it can go so deep and be so liberating and help us discover capacities and qualities we never even imagined possible for a human being so I think that makes it that makes it very relevant and mm-hmm. if you think about like and it just sort of fits in and complements all of these other practices so nicely right so uh Coaching, you're kind of working, say, more with what you're doing. But if you couple that with working on where you're coming from, right? What it is within you that's meeting that, then the two kind of resonate off each other and can become so much more powerful. And the same thing with my with meditation, like awareness meditation. People are wanting that. They it's like lowering yourself down into the inner ocean and they're just watching things go by see your thoughts, feelings, and you learn to let them go, just, you know, watch them, be aware of them. And that's wonderful. That can be very freeing that you aren't totally trapped by them. And when you add to that, at another time, to actually go and say, well, what was that? What's making that happen? Right? And to really get down to the bottom of it, that is so much more transformational. And so you put the two together, and you really have uh, an amazingly powerful
0: package. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, I guess like uh, that question of that I started with, which well, how do you write the book? But I, I guess like I'm wondering, your vision—you know, what moves you in this world around the practice of inquiry? Um, do you do you? Would you like to take it somewhere? You know, would you like to? um go somewhere with this book or beyond this book yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. i mean if you think about it like it, for example through the diamond approach per se maybe i don't know let's say up to 15 or 20000 people in the world uh, have either engaged in the practice or read about it had some inkling that it's there and A smaller percentage of those have actually begun to really get it and to engage it. So, I mean, this is what every time I recognize that, that's what makes me want to write the book. I'm like, that is a drop in the ocean compared to the people who could really find this practice useful. I mean, there have got to be, I, I just don't believe there aren't millions of people out there who wouldn't really find this of great benefit. So I want to. Sort of put it out there in a way that they can relate to it and they can get it, and begin to try it out and to see the possibilities that it offers.
0: Mm. Yeah, and do you uh, have you got any projects around that in cooking away? You know, like because um, I I I've thought about that too. I mean, I'm not involved in the school, but um, I'm I'm curious how we could support the emergence of these types of practice into the mainstream more you know um
1: yeah yeah. absolutely so i think the the book the book in itself is the first sort of Mm. actually the second step there was a little audio course that eventually morphed into the book and the book is gives this very practical chapter by chapter sort of how to engage the practice so that's the first step Second step, we are going to have, I'm going to start doing some open online sessions, which we've slightly tongue in cheek called dive in with Dom. And um, and that'll be a, like an open space once a month, just dedicated to the practice of inquiry. Anybody can come along to that, learn a bit about the practice, m- maybe try out a bit. It's a kind of lightweight to discover something about it. And then we are going to be certainly for later in this year, starting to set up some courses, right? So actual courses focus specifically on the practice, how to engage the practice with a bit of support of a teacher and other students so that you can um, have people to practice with. Because it's, you know, I think you can learn a lot practicing on your own, but at some point you're gonna, you know, you'll hit something that you just don't know how to swim around that rock. And it'll be useful to, see other people practicing to practice with the teacher so you get some occasional guidance and that'll help you then be able to carry on your own explorations. So mm-hmm. the courses are definitely coming. And there's an online resource probably the first thing I should have said, there's a great online resource called Dive DiveIn.life. So it's D-I-V-E dash in dot Life, dive-in dot life. And in that on that uh, website, we've got some, a small but growing article, a library of articles and stuff, but also some guided practices, so people can learn about the practice, they can engage the practice, they can actually practice, and they can also then connect with other people who are engaged in the practice. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the immediate next steps.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, that's great. That was a a question I had. Um, and I'm just wondering if there's anything we haven't touched upon in our conversation today that, Uh you know, I think you think it's important. We missed it out.
1: So there's a couple of things I would say just to share in terms of coaching, like some of the reservations I've, or the questions that I've seen coaches have as they begin to Mm. engage in inquiry. So one of the things they sometimes have a question about is, well, I mean, if I'm just going to inquire into everything, uh, I'm never going to do anything, right? Surely I need to go and do something. right? Well, how can I just And it's good to remember, as we were saying earlier, that of course you can go and do something about it. At the right time, you can you know you can work out an action you need to undertake. Certainly when you're having a strong emotional reaction about something. That definitely says that there is something going on inside you that needs some further clarification. Right? So the inquiry gives you the possibility to begin exploring into that, to work a bit through that reaction. And of course, later on, you can still go and figure out what you need to do. But you might find the action that you need when you've worked through the the reaction is different than how it seemed at the beginning when you were like, I've got to go and do whatever. So that's one thing I would say that. To understand that inquiry doesn't mean you never act, but it does mean that you you want to dive into your experience and explore it until you're more clear on what's making what on what those impulses in you are. that was Mm that was one area. And the other one is I've noticed people like often struggle a bit at the beginning just with the friendly interest. Like some coaches, not everybody, but definitely some coaches are so used to the kind of action mode, right, that to really take the time to just go, huh, so that's where I am, right, like that's what's happening here. Let me just give that a little room, take a breath, kind of feel into it, let myself feel it, recognize it, hang out with it, be curious, without an agenda. And that's a, I want to put that out there as an invitation. So the part of them that feels like, oh God, I've got to fix something, or I've got to come up with, I've got to do something. You are challenging that at the beginning. And it can be very liberating to realize, Mm. take some space and be curious and then we can get to the action.
0: I think that's a brilliant invitation. Actually, I'd, I'd like double down on that and say, <laughs> like, it, I really, really recommend, you know, really want to invite coaches to, to play with what you just suggested. Um, I've actually found my clients love it. When I say to them, like, I don't know where we're going to go today. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we the guaranteed, well, guaranteed, but nine times out of 10, if we were able to hold that kind of curious presence infused space and their, their experience reveals its depths or reveals itself and they tune into something on a deeper level, they are deeply grateful for that and that there's an inherent kind of wisdom in the, the, the action that might spring out of that as opposed to what was there before. And actually um, it's just having that confidence, you know, to, to say like, I don't know where we're going to go today. Isn't that wonderful? You know, because we're so, we're so addicted to um, solving problems and, and, and for client, for coaches, I think we can get really attached to the identity of solving our clients problems, being a good coach, you know, creating transformation but we, it really emerges out of the intelligence of, of a kind of surrender rather than is something that we can manufacture our way towards. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, right. A hundred percent.
1: And I would say practice on yourself first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Practice on yourself first. Like, I know it is wonderful to bring this to your clients, but for many people, I would say, you want to get used to feeling like when you know within yourself what it feels like to just be friendly and interested in yourself. Like when you really begin to have a good sense of that, right, that will have such an impact. right? it's the same thing, you don't have to make yourself go and be friendly and interested in your clients. The more you feel and sense that part of you that is like that, and you feel the impact of it on you, it will actually just naturally start happening in other places. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can do it without doing it yourself first. I don't think yeah. you you can't hold the space or have the right attitude if you've not, if you've not done that work yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah.
1: I think that's good. I don't think, having a quick look, I jotted down some examples, but I think we covered a lot there. Yeah. How about you? Any sort of outstanding questions for you?
0: Um, no, I, th- I feel, I feel good, you know, like actually the, the thing that sits with me is like actually being able to share uh, uh, an example of an inquiry session, mm. I think would be, uh, because I think the practice, you know, speaks for itself. And I, I want to be careful. I, um, you know, don't talk too much as a, um, somebody who's done a lot of inquiry practice within the school, um, because most of mine has been outside and, Mm. but, um, anyway, I want to just say, I think that, um, yeah, that, that, that's like something I'd love to, it's an idea that bubbles up. It's like showing people inquiry in, in action.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You want to inquire now? Is that what you're
0: asking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, we, we could. And, um, we've got a few minutes left, so we could do, or we could, you know, we could uh, find a time or, you know, um, or not. But uh-huh. I mean, there's a good way.
1: There, there are like, there are examples in the books. I mean, of course I can give you an example of how the kind of thing unfolds, but it can be interesting just to see it sort of happening live, like, you know, just checking out where you are. So, but yeah, no, maybe, maybe it's a, Maybe it's fair for me to just give an example, and and also not just put you on
0: the spot. <laughs> well, okay. Look, why don't we do that? Why don't we dive in? Because I noticed when you asked me that question, um, now I was like, I felt some excitement, yeah. <laughs> and oh, did you? Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I saw. So, so I'm feeling um, a kind of increased vibrancy in my experience uh as as we you know um as we're connecting uh uh, like everything's just got a little bit more shiny and there's a there's a nice feeling in my belly right now too like a a kind of fullness it feels round
1: so as you feel that round fullness you just kind of sense into that like Mm. uh, how does that affect you What what is that
0: Yeah, it's like, um, so I feel solid. Like I notice it spreads to my legs more and it also um, increases in its vibrancy. And there's also a kind of vastness to it too. So it's not, it sounds a bit contradictory, but it's, it's in my belly, but it's also feels kind of, Vast as well.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, so it feels solid, spreading down into your legs and a kind of vastness. And it has that sort of round kind of form. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that interesting? Did you know you could experience that in your belly?
0: Some kind um, of
1: vast, solid presence?
0: yeah well kind of kind of and, and and not you know it's like it's very um surprising um and uh, I feel joy like as I feel it you know it's like there's a uh, yeah like it it's a it has a an inherent good good feeling to it okay, so two things you said there, so
1: the recognizing of it and the sensing it sort of seems to make you happy, right? It brings some kind of joy to it. And you can recognize, you can feel the goodness of it. Like it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. How How is it affecting your sense of the contact here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I noticed I'm smiling. Um, or it feels like I'm smiling. I don't know if I'm, I'm smiling now for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a... Um, there's a sense of in, more intimacy, mm-hmm. and um, sense of feeling seen, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, a gratitude as well.
1: Yeah, so brings gratitude. Yeah, so you can see how landing with it, recognizing the features of it, being affected by it, right? That's there's the dots happening. Oh, all, all the way there. Yeah. yeah. Very sweet. Yeah.
0: yeah thank you. It feels
1: very good to be sitting with you here now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um. it's like an inner resource, you know, like, that's what it feels like. Right. So yeah. You,
1: yeah. So you think about that you've got the there's this inner resource, this kind of presence, do you feel in this way you said it feels vast say a little more about that
0: mm. um yeah so um well first of all i've noticed i was a little bit less in touch with the vastness okay um well, but yeah it did change a little bit but um as i tune into my belly it's still there it's like a um like i said it sounds paradoxical but it's like um it's like the the feeling in my belly is bigger than my belly. It's like it's mm-hmm. it doesn't ha- it's kind of dimensionless or something. It's.
1: That's what I was going to ask. Like how big, fast
0: feel. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's hard to say. Um and and um. Interestingly, as we say, it's like there's an intimacy in that vastness as well. Uh, or a sensitivity or something. Or. Uh-huh. Uh
1: Hang out. See. So there's a good, you can see it's a intimacy sensitivity. Is it both? Is it one, the other? It's
0: it's think? um it's 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 like um this is where like the it's really subtle or um it's a, it's maybe both, but it's also maybe there's another word which is more accurate. It's like mm-hmm. um it's like a, ah, um, I want to say particularity, but it's it's almost like the opposite. So it's almost like it's two things at once. It's like okay. there's um, non-locality to it, but but it's but it's uh, uh, everywhere or something or lo- or local, like ah, you know. So uh-huh. here, uh, everywhere, and here or something like that. So paradoxical. Um, sounds okay. quite abstract what I'm saying, but that seems there's a fell sense yeah. to it. Exactly
1: yeah. that's that's actually what you're experiencing it's not abstract in that sense of, right. yeah yeah you can feel that so that's a beautiful example you see as we begin to unfold into something that may be new or we're recognizing more clearly than we have before we don't at first have the words. Right, so or you can just hang out with it and you hang out with it and it's like you say that and that's ah, not quite and then it's that and well actually what feels closer. Right, that's the whole exploration happening there, and you can feel like ah yes that's when I get it that's that really says what it is. Right? So that's yeah. what you're following in your inquiry is that I mean, we call it truth but. Uh, truth can have funny connotations but it's your sense of what's real it's the truth it's like just if you were really just being honest and saying it as it is that's what you would say
0: yeah totally and and, and it's like as you articulate it 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 in you know that does something to it because it, right. it then um, increases or it, it flows more you know so there's something very beautiful about that process of reminds me of being on the retreat with Hamid where Right. Um, you know, the the kind of spiritual insight or wisdom that can arise as opposed to something like meditation yeah. where you're just sitting. And, you know, it's also a powerful meditation, but this is like you're actually like I remember tuning into this self-luminous nature of reality, you know, but from seeing it, you know. Yeah, and yeah. there's something about the, that insight that lands in a different way. You know, yeah. it's bringing in a kind of... Um, Almost like the mind, but not the mental mind. it's like a kind of and mind intelligence both exactly.
1: uh, so your mind, your yeah. intelligence, your recognition of what's happening as it's happening as you're in touch with it, experiencing it, articulating it, and recognizing it and verbalizing it and and in time, that means kind of understanding it, right? and that's what really allows the transformation to happen. So you contrasted it now with meditation, with meditation, you might just have noticed, okay, there's a sensation there. And you know, you notice it, that's fine, you let it go. But a whole other thing happens. When you begin you go like, huh, well, what is it, let me feel into it and actually begin to describe what it is that I'm feeling and to explore it. As you said, that brings that whole dynamic unfolding into the process.
0: I'm going to ask one more yeah, question, please. Just to, yeah,
1: just to kind of connect it back out. So,
0: yeah,
1: as you're sensing this, right? Somebody might wonder, well, okay, you're sensing all this. Okay, sounds interesting, but okay, but like a bit odd, but never heard of anything like that. But okay, how does that feel relevant for, you know, for your life or for even sitting here having this conversation? Right? What's the Mm. How is it to discover in this moment when you feel, oh, there's this resource, this vast, intimate, some kind of solid resource here? How does that seem relevant to you at this time?
0: Very relevant in that um, it's actually almost like the opposite of how I have felt a lot this year. Um, it's been a very challenging year. And so... Um, but this has um, a vibrancy and an energy and a kind of um, relational quality to it that um, feels like a resource as a father. You know, I'm a father to a young young daughter, and as a husband and as a business partner, you know. So, so it has a certain um, brilliance to it. Maybe that might be the word that that feels like. Um, uh, is a would be allowing me to contact others to be with others and from this place of kind of a brilliant fullness right
1: which would be different than meeting them from a place of feeling not this feeling the absence
0: right yeah yeah right yeah yeah Yeah.
1: so you so that's so it's just to point to particularly for people who are more coaching oriented that at some point the inquiry can sound very internally oriented right you're discovering something about what you are but actually that recognition has vast implications for your life you know it really changes how you live and go about things and that's what makes it so so relevant it's not something that just happens in a vacuum
0: yeah Thanks, Dom. I'm really You're glad okay. we we did this, and I just want to ask um, your website address again, so people can find out more yeah. about your work. Yes, yes.
1: So, um, so the website is divein.life. D-I-V-E dash N-I-N dot life. Divein.life. So that's that's the website where all of the resources and everything will be great great well I just want to say thanks as well yeah such a pleasure it was really lovely sitting with you yeah yeah and thank Um, you for the invitation to share the book and share the practice and you know the book oh something else I should say (laughs) the book is widely available (laughs) it's on Amazon or you know your favorite local bookseller or Shambhala so it's It's in a, there's the hard copy, it's ebook, and there's an audible audio book. So there's a whole range. And yeah, we just love people to discover this practice and let other people know about it. So I just Mm -hmm. want to, yeah, put it out there and invite people to dive in, to dive in and discover the wondrous depths of what they are.
0: Here we are. We're at the end of the podcast. Just a heads up again, if you're not on our mailing list and you want to stay in the loop about other things we create, then head to coachesrising.com. Put your name in the sign-up box there. You'll also find some of our other offerings, our online trainings for coaches there. And just want to end by wishing you well, and I'll see you again next time.